Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Podcast. We're excited to get going here with this uh, with the Eagles. We have a good mindset right now. Just got back out from the uh, from the walkthrough. It's good for, for us, just mindset wise. Our, our message is just to go one and out. That's all we can do. That's all we can control, and that's where we're at. WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. What time is it? It's a, it's a gut check. It's um, who, yeah, who's going to rise up to the challenge this week. Um, who's going to continue to work hard and stick together when we're going through adversity and um, you, you got to embrace it so you, you got to love this game you got to love coming to work every day and uh, yeah sometimes it doesn't go your way but we, we got a great opportunity we still get to, get to play the best game in the world uh, in, in the best city so um, it, it's, it's never too late what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard with WGN's Adam Hogue at no point in your rambling incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought and from the athletic Adam Johns everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it here they are the Adams fool me once shame on you Fool me twice. Shame on me. Logan Johns. Wow. I, 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 I told you, Ernie's fed up, man. I, I can feel the, the hurt, the desperation, the, the dismay. Ernie, you okay, man? I don't know. I don't think he's... I don't think he's handling this well. Yeah. Uh, I... I didn't think that was that... He's just trying to stay positive, man. I know. Mitch, I'm talking about. Yeah. Ernie, not so much. No. I don't think so. No. The The Bears are what, three and four? No, don't care. They don't care. Sorry, Mitch. But so they're three and four. I feel like to some people, it's like one and six or oh and seven. Yeah. That's how it feels. Is it? Year. They were three and one. Not too long ago. And they were very close to getting into field goal range. Of course obviously not a gimme uh, against the Raiders to win that game. The Saints game, they obviously just straight up lost. Yes, yes. Worst but, game of the Matt Nagy era. But it works both ways. I mean, because you could say they should have lost to the Broncos, if not for a very helpful roughing the passer penalty. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you you get some and then you, you lose some on a doink, too. Well, he didn't doink it. He just hooked it. He hooked it. He doinked the first field first goal. one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Howie Kendrick doinked a home run last night. They did for the national. You tweeted that. I did. Some people thought it was stupid. Some people thought it was mean, and other people yeah. th- thought it was funny. I'm somewhere in between. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> what question are you asking me? Uh, we are asking you if you are coming to our live show next week, November seventh. At Kroll's South Loop. That is at 1736 South Michigan Avenue. It's a great place. Uh, you can check out their website, Kroll's-Chicago.com. For more, or you can find our events page at WGNRadio.com slash events. Thursday, November 7th, 7 to 9 p.m. 
Hogan John's live show, and you have to be in attendance, but if you are, we have tickets to give away to the Bears-Lions game. Yeah, yeah. I hope people still want them. They'll want them. I would think so. Yes. I mean, they're free. Yes. Free. Hey, hey, people love free things. You can't beat free. Yes. Uh, not free, but still affordable. Four dollar Goose Island beers at the yes, event too. Yes, yes. And we think I'm looking forward to a a goose and a beer, as you would say. A goose and a beer. No, wait, that's the same thing. I mean, a goose and a burger. There we go. <sighs> no. Yes, goose and a burger. There we go. Corrected. Yes. Okay. There we go. Uh, welcome in. Lots to get to here. Uh, busy week at House Hall. Bears trying to get back on track. Uh, you can read all our coverage at WGNRadio.com slash Bears, theathletic.com, the athletic app. That's where you would have heard our bonus episode, and we hope you're subscribing and uh, to The Athletic because you, you know what I like about The Athletic is every week when I want to read up on the opposing team, I could just go to the Eagles page and all anything everything I need for the week is right there. It's all there. Yep. So if you want stuff on the Golden State Warriors... It's all right there. That's the other thing. You're not just subscribing for this podcast, although we hope you are, but you get literally pretty much any other team in the world. That is correct. Even the major sports, yeah. Yeah. Like, actually, internationally, too. Yeah. Yep. The soccer out in uh, Europe. So, uh, okay. Where should we start with this Bears team? Should we start with um, this spot of the field goal controversy that developed after our show on our, our podcast on Tuesday and then get to Mitch Trubisky. Okay. Let's end with Mitch. Cause this kind of came out right as we were done recording on Tuesday, Eddie Pinheiro revealing that he would have preferred to have the field goal in the center of the field and not at, on the left hash. Right. Um, so today will be what day five, this story is going to continue today. So if you're listening to this after Chris Tabor has met the media, there could be some more information, but Chris Tabor, the Bears special teams coordinator is scheduled to meet us. What? Two, three hours later yeah. from now at, at Hallis Hall. Um, we are recording here on Thursday morning as usual, but Chris Tabor will be on the hot seat, the hot lectern, the hot podium. Chris, where did Eddie want the ball, and when did he tell you where he wanted it? What do you think he'll say? What should he say? I don't know how he's going to... Ha- I mean, I'm sh- look, I, I think Nagy's response yesterday was a very calculated uh, PR-driven response to just kind of deflect the whole thing and not give an answer. Uh, he's either... Protecting his kicker or protecting himself? I'm not really sure. The, the thing is really confusing. It's really confusing. But Nagy essentially didn't say anything. I mean, he was very, very ba- vague. Just said, we have a clear communication process, and we expected him to make the field goal. Yeah. So I view it maybe a couple of ways. Again, more information will be out later. Maybe Eddie Pinheiro didn't tell Chris Tabor where he wanted it until afterward. But that's not acceptable. No, that's fine. Because don't kick her. Whether it's you're the special teams coordinator, you need you to. You should ask. You should know. Yes. And honestly, that stuff's that stuff's determined before the game usually, and then it, you know, based on conditions, can change. Yes, and I think it changed definitely. He missed one from the right. Hat. His miss through the south end zone 
with some of the right hashes. Right, but that was the direction the wind was blowing. So on the other side of the field, it would be blowing right to left. Yes. Not well, left to right. Well, yes, it pushed it toward... Well, he was still... He had to hook it a little bit more in, in his first miss. And you could see the wind actually kind of push it a little bit. Yep. So that's his first real taste of the wind, man. Well, and this is why I was asking questions about this a couple weeks ago. Yeah. yeah as good as Eddie had been, he's never kicked in cold Chicago windy conditions. Yeah. The wind was strong. The wind was strong. Who, which reporter asked him he was if he was going to Philadelphia this week? Did uh, I read that wrong in the transcript? No, it was in the transcript. I think it was a joke. Okay. I hope. I hope it was a joke. I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't listen that far in the audio. I hope. There, there, of all the stuff that we talked about Tuesday, of coaching things that were concerning, to me, this is number one on the list. Unless Eddie just wasn't. Unless Eddie was just in the moment Sunday, and when tape, assuming tape, I don't know. Taper's been around forever, man. I, I've. I find it so hard to believe that Chris Tabor didn't ask Eddie Pinheiro. Yeah. What I find more likely is either Pinheiro was just so caught up in the moment and so confident he was going to make a kick that he was just like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm going to make it. Yeah. And then in, in hindsight, you know, that's not really being truthful to yourself almost, where he, once he got out there, maybe realized the wind, it would have been better to have it in the center. Yeah. And, in the moment of answering that question the other day with the media, he just didn't explain all that. I don't know. That's, I guess, one possibility. And if you're Matt Nagy yesterday trying to explain this, you're not going to say, oh, well, he wasn't truthful with us, or that's not what he told us on Sunday. Because that just that just puts more on the player that that missed the field goal. Does that make sense? Yeah, yes, there are a lot of former players from the, the Lovey era who believed that Pinheiro blew it and should have kept that completely in-house. Yes. Well, that's a different thing. Yes. Owen Krutz, Alex Brown, where, what are you doing, man? You're throwing your coaches under the bus? That that would be the, the, the lovey way of doing things, is keeping everything internally. Sure. Whether you feel slighted or you wanted to make excuses or not, don't make those excuses publicly. Keep them between you and your special teams coaches and your head coach. Um. Yeah, probably from that perspective. Yeah, it's a different conversation. Sure. Yes. yes. Um, but I hope that I also wouldn't think it's right though for like the Bears to get upset at him over it. No, no. Because I, I think Nagy understands. He's he, a young kicker. Like Robbie Gold saying something like that, that's meaningful and purposeful. Yes. This seemed to be a slip. An accident. By Eddie Pinero, yes. And, and he knew it right away, and he's a rookie, and he's the. this is the first time he's going through a missed field goal at the end of a game, which is going to happen again in his career. Yeah. It just happens. Yeah, the, the way I view it is as soon as the Bears reach that distance, 40, 43, whatever, that proximity, they were done. They were going to play, to use Matt Nagy's words, smart. Mm-hmm. And maybe... Obviously, this came back to haunt them, but in their opinion, that's what they were doing. Once they got into that range on Mitch Trubisky's scramble, that was it. Didn't matter where it was, left hash, middle, right hash, where Pinero missed earlier, they were just going to go with it. They should have communicated, I think, a little bit further. You had multiple timeouts leading up to this moment, including right before you decided to kneel. There was. It's not like this field goal was rushed. It's not like the decision to kneel was rushed. This well, it doesn't feel rushed to us, 
But they the they, Chargers they, they called timeout. I, I know they I know, had a timeout. I know, I know, I know, I know. But this goes back to the the craziness of, of the sideline. I think and trying to get a, a. I'm not giving excuses, but there's no excuse. Yeah. especially it, with a timeout. It, it, it's it's this is coaching 101. We, we, yes, this happens fair. at the high that, school level. That, that's fair. In high school, coaches blow it all the time. Sure, yes. I'm sure. Yes, but this is the NFL. Yes, yes. He needs figure to it better. out. Yes, and he read to this day still blows stuff. People. We're criticizing the way he was managing the, the game uh, that he lost against the Packers. So, but that's different than the simple I know, I know. special teams coordinator knowing I, I, where the I'm ball coming off. Like I'm, I'm making excuses. You I'm are. Just, I'm just. It's just <laughs> our perspective on things with hindsight is a lot different than the moments there. So I'm actually trying to go rewind it because I actually think I never saw him communicate with Tabor. Okay, I saw him discussing things with Dave Ragone. I'm gonna try to find the clip real quick here. So we got the scramble. You got the kneel down. But the cameras don't catch everything. I get it. I get it. I mean, hey, but if Trubisky's watching the broadcast film, Adam, for review, we're going back to it yeah, ourselves. W- well, we're going to talk about that in a second. But, okay, so here we go. Chargers timeout. Oh, here, here's the last play. Here's the kneel down. Pinero is nowhere near Nagy. Nowhere near Nagy. But, yeah, but that's up to Tabor to communicate it. Yeah. Pinero could walk up with him. There's no reason to stand by the netting. The entire time and do nothing, which he's doing, which he's doing. What do you think special teams coordinators are doing the entire time the offense and defense is out of the field? They should be communicating. They have more yes. time than any coach to to plan what's coming next and setting up a game-winning field goal that Eddie knew for a while was going to happen. I tweeted out in the middle of the fourth quarter during a timeout that he ran out there yeah, in the north end zone during a timeout and threw the grass up in the air to see to test the wind. So he had been out there and tested the wind. Do we feel like we're making excuses since we're in the excuses making business all of a sudden? Are we letting Pinheiro off the hook? No, put, I'm not can, doing can, that. Can at we all. not just do that? I, I, if he's going to be a professional kicker, make the 41 yard field goal. I am not. Yes. It's not going to be perfect every single time. 100% agree. However, what I'm getting back to is just the coaching. Okay. You still have a job to do to get the ball where your kicker wants it. So again, there's there's absolutely no excuse for this breakdown. Okay, so here we go. Here we go. This is before the kneel down. You have Trubisky, Dave Ragone, who looks pretty upset, actually. Um, Chase Daniel. Dave Ragone looks upset? Yeah, yeah. I don't think he likes the decision that's being called here. Oh, wow, okay. Shaking his head. And look, turns around and, and I don't want to say disgust. Cause but Tabor's not in there? Tabor's not in there. I see. So it's like a little huddle. Andre Tucker is actually around there for some reason. Um, you He's ha- been in there a lot since Trubisky hurt his shoulder. Yes. Um, you have Ragone, Trubisky, Chase Daniel, and Nagy, who's probably the most animated. This is before they do the kneel down. Ragone seems reluctant about something. Trubisky runs back out into the field, and that's what you see. So that that was going on with 43 seconds left. So the, the timeout by the Chargers. Trubisky's now back on the field. The only explanations I could think of for this are, again, whatever they had agreed upon uh, earlier in the game or before the game or whatever, it either didn't get revisited by Tabor or when it did get revisited, Pinero was just like, Again, you know how athletes get in the moment when they're confident. Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make the kick. Okay, and in hindsight, he thought, oh, I really wanted it in the center. Yeah. And 
then he let it slip to the media, and it kind of created a firestorm that shouldn't have been there. That's one explanation. That's one possible explanation. The other is that Nagy is that blew it. Yes. Nagy, look, I, I, I still stand my, my, my original thought is run the ball one more time. Right, and that would be that would be to the right, to the middle of the field. But I'm 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 the other explanation here is just that it was communicated to Nagy, and Nagy said I don't care. Yeah, or they said it was too risky for Mitch to kind of scoot to his right, scoot to his right, and dive head first with his shoulder. Maybe that's why Andre Tucker's in there. I don't know, and he just said because because sometimes. Nagy's attitude towards kickers, I think, has sort of been clear. Yeah. And do your job. You know, in, in his opinion, may have just been like what you said. It doesn't matter. Make the kick. Yes. Yes. I, to be honest with you, that's where I, th- I think it comes down to. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then that's awful. Yeah. I don't care if that's how you feel about kickers. First of all, you should have run the ball. And you should have made it easier on your kicker. And if you're not doing that... 100% agree and, on that, And yes. you're just going to kneel... Then get it to where your kicker wants. And it's not that hard to move two steps to your right as the quarterback and kneel or dive down. We see it in football games all right, the time. Right. All the time. Yeah. And well, that's why Nagy's decision to kneel down wasn't all that surprising because we've seen this executed, but still you want I would still run the ball. Just just making myself clear. So if it's the second scenario here that we're talking about, that's just I'm sorry, that's arrogant. That's arrogant coaching. And I don't know which one it is, but if that's that scenario, see, I feel that, like then where's the Wayne Larrabee see, I, kick? I, I, I feel like talking about this makes there's some insanity that enters all our minds. Maybe you know, like I, are we getting too carried away? I don't know about that, a kicker who just failed to do his job. Maybe, but this is the like, easiest part of the whole thing that's happening. The decision to to kneel versus run, I mean, I could see both sides. There is an argument to the other side. You can you might not agree with it, but Nagy has an explanation. This one, there's no explanation. It's coaching one on one. You put the ball where your kicker wants it. But again, maybe Eddie failed to somehow communicate. Or scenario number three is that Tabor just didn't do his job. Yeah. And didn't Ask Eddie or didn't communicate it to Nagy, which again, there's a timeout. That's inexcusable. So I don't know which one it is because Nagy didn't tell us and basically deflected the whole thing and was vague. But all three scenarios are bad, in my opinion. Well, I think with his messaging, he just wants to move on, which all coaches want to do, especially come Wednesday, which is the problem with talking to coordinators on Thursdays because they're kind of stuck in limbo. Right. You know? What question are you asking me? We're asking if you were told where Eddie wanted the ball. But we may never know. I guess that's that's what it is. The other thing that people are freaking out about, which I do not understand, is what Mitch Trubisky said yesterday about how he went back and watched the video, yeah. the TV copy of... The broadcast, which he had never done before. I'll play this for you. Here's Mitchell Trubisky. Um, the question was, how aware of you of how your teammates are looking at you for leadership during games and, and you know, basically whether or not that needs to improve. Here's Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I think that's something that I actually said for the first time this last week because I've just been watching the uh, the game, the film copies of the game, but this time I watched the game to kind of like um, – 
see my facial expressions, my body language, and what I'm doing during the game, and not just watching the actual film clips and how my teammates see me. So I think that helped me uh, see myself from a different point of view and um, how I can be even more positive on the sidelines, be more vocal, more hand gestures, and just continue to get back to like being myself on the sidelines rather than just being locked in and focused on what I got to do the whole time. So um, especially through times of adversity, they're always looking towards the leaders. They're always looking towards me and seeing how you're going to react and how we're going to bounce back and be positive. So even more emphasis on that this week and um, just uh, – you got to be excited for the opportunity and you got to continue to come work and have fun. Um, and that's what I'm going to do this week. And when everybody looks at me, hopefully they, uh, they just get motivated and are ready to go and ready to get their mind back on track. Did you say that was the first time you watched the, the broadcast tape? I'm sorry? Did you say that was the first time you watched Yeah, I usually don't watch the game top copies. Yeah. So I just watch the, the film and go through that. So um, uh, I got some advice. And Coach, Coach Nagy, uh, he said I should watch that and just watch myself and kind of see – see myself from a different perspective rather than just watching the film. So I think that uh, told told me a lot about myself. And um, I, it, it was weird watching it because I really didn't feel like it was me. It just uh, kind of seems like a shell of myself. And um, I'm going to get back to to really leading in the way that I know how. Is this something you plan to do going forward now? Watching the game copies? I think it's something I could reference. Um Definitely just continue to see myself and make sure I'm leading in the way I, I know how and, and one that's authentic and it's who I am. Were you surprised to see your body language at all when you were watching it? Was it something where you go, oh, wow, I didn't realize I'm sort of portraying this publicly? Yeah, I really wasn't doing much. I really wasn't showing any body language. It was mostly just like a guy who looked super serious and, and kind of tense, and that's really not me, especially when you're going out in the field and, and playing the game you love. You're, you should be out there having fun, uh, which I usually am, but I just am not showing that. So I think I could portray that in different ways, to, especially that my teammates can feed off of. I was really surprised by the negative reaction. I think that's just where we're at with him. Yeah, I, maybe that's. It. I mean, maybe this is a classic example where it's so visceral. Everybody's just personal, almost. People relax. I, I thought this was great. Um, first of all, I think the key is too many people were taking it like Cherisky thought this was going to help him play better. That's not what this was about. This was about his leadership. And it gets back. Well, to it's s- tied to that, but yeah, sco- yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah but he's I- not looking for answers. He, he, well, he kind of is. Go on, go on. Well, Sorry. he didn't watch the TV copy to find out why he overthrew Taylor Gabriel. Yeah. Okay. He was watching it. Be- obviously, Nagy, and he said Nagy told him to do it. I think Nagy realized. Well, we've been talking about for weeks. This guy doesn't look like he's having fun. Yeah. It hasn't looked that way since week one. We have been talking about this for weeks. So I think that this is just a. Very important self-realization. Yep. That you got you know, some soul searching here to find out how you get back to having fun. Now, obviously, winning and playing better would help, but I don't think this was negative or should be spun negatively in any way. No. Well, I just think that's where we're at in the conversation with Trubisky. A lot of it's just nasty. Unnecessarily nasty in some instances, but... It's where you're at when you're not living up to expectations. Yeah, I... No, don't care. Well, I think he cares, though. And that caring is not produced overwhelmingly successful results. But, like, for, for people who had, like, dreams of the acquisition of a Nick Foles 
or, or Alex Smith who's like missing a leg. <laughs> you know, he has two legs. Marcus Mariota, yeah, one. Who, yeah, he's like Frankenstein with the other one. But that, with all jokes aside, it's like the Bears were always going to ride this out with number ten. Yeah, always. Hmm. Well, I, I just, I, I just think this is this is just a a cool sidebar story. That's it. Mm-hmm. Well, no, here's the thing. He's the main bar for the entire season. Like, right, but his play right now is the main bar. This is just kind of it's off a, the it's, side. It's attached. I think no. it's a good thing that he realized this, that yes. he saw how he's being, you know, I, we can go back to the Cutler era for this. I mean, the body language and, you know, yes, the yes. way he looked pissed off all the yeah, time, yeah, and we're, cranky. We're at the point of overanalysis. Where yep. Every action, every throw... Every little thing that he does is, is being analyzed. It's just there's too much tape, broadcast all twenty two, whatever. It's just where we're at so with them right now. I wasn't in the Trubisky press conference because the way they have this all set up now on Wednesdays, I had to be in the locker room. But um, I wish I had been because I wanted to know: did he watch it on mute or not? Yeah, no, I, I took it as that he watched it. Like everyone else watches it. Yeah, with the commentary. With the commentary. Because I haven't watched the full TV copy, you know, just the condensed version, which doesn't have all the commentary in it. Yeah. Um, so, like, my column, I, I, I led with it. I went to the Taylor Gabriel throw. But they were crushing them, and right? Chris Spielman's like, you got to make that throw. And then he went on, like, you know, Troy Aikman said this last week. And, and on and on. Yeah, they were not kind to his play. But that's fine. My point in this, forget that I'm, you know, whatever – Living in what what would he used to call it? Um Zero Dark Ten, whatever. Right? Yeah. People are crushing you right now. Acknowledge it. Get angry about it. Like this could be like your last chance to be a starting quarterback in this league, these nine games. You have nine games, not like five or four. Nine. That's a lot of football games. That's a full high school football season. Yeah. It's a lot of games. To it's, prove yourself. It's only four less than he started in college. Yes, and there's a lot of good football teams on this schedule for the Bears left. A lot of prove-it moments for you. It is, but this is a good segue. Because I was looking at the schedule yesterday, and there's no question December's hard. But I think the next five weeks are manageable. I think the next five weeks are manageable. You go to Philly, which is not easy. You have Detroit come to Chicago, which is a game, in my opinion, you should always win. You should always beat the Lions at home. And if you want any chance of winning the North this year, which most would argue is already out the window, but you have to beat the Lions at home. Um, What's after Detroit? The Rams. Mm -hmm. Another tough game, but the Rams are not the same team that went to the Super Bowl last year. They're not. And... That building is going to be half Bears fans. In L.A., do you know how many Bears fans live in Southern California? Do you know how big that stadium is? Do you know how many tickets are available? That that place is going to be... I'm sure a lot of people plan this trip as well. Packed with Bears fans. Although maybe that's a bad thing, the way this team's been playing at home. One in four in their last five home games. Yeah. Um, But it's not... That game is winnable. That's my point. Then you come home uh, and you face the Giants who suck, and then you go to Detroit. Not as easy as playing the Lions at home, but a game. The, my point is, all five of these 
next games are winnable. Now we could argue about the Philadelphia game, which we're about to when we break this yeah. down. But as hard as it's going to get in December, to me, there is an opportunity here over the next month plus to at least get back in the conversation. Yeah, that's fair. Like, like we said at the opening of the show, like I said, they're three and four. I know it feels like one and six to some people. Yeah. Two and five, oh and seven. I get it. The team is underachieved, but they're still three and four. It's now, of course, we could be having a different conversation uh, in a couple weeks here if that three remains the same, but a lot of football left to be played here. A lot of football. All right, should we get to the Eagles? Voicemails. Oh, yeah, thank you. We should also say happy Halloween. We're just completely dismissing a holiday. It's snowing. (laughs) It is snowing. Vernon Hills just canceled Halloween. (laughs) How do you cancel Halloween? (laughs) That's my problem with the suburbs. Man. Soft up in the suburbs. Yes. Yes. It's still going to be cold and windy on Saturday. I know. Jeez. uh, Hey, man, I grew up in the city. I'd be out there. I'd be out there trick-or-treating. Yes, Are yes. you kidding me? Come on, man. Nope. You know what the cool part about this is, though? The uh, the adult. So we always have a party after the trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. So that part's still happening. Yeah. So really, the adults win. We can just move straight to the Well, party. now it's like you, you don't have to be... You could lose some responsibility. But the party could go on longer. I'll be having a few cocktails tonight <laughs> as we roam the streets of Chicago with a wagon and kids... You know, like, what's the With joke? The wagon. Well, th- th- I heard a joke like, you know, every kid wants to be Batman for Halloween, but nobody wants to be Batman wearing a winter coat yeah. <laughs> over Batman, <laughs> which is Chicago. We've had a few of these, but, you know. Well, James James is an astronaut, so he's got this big puffy suit on anyway, so it turns out to be a great costume for the weather. Okay, there you go. Whereas last year as a pirate, he would have been freezing his butt off. Yeah. But last year was warm on Halloween. Yes, it was. It was a good, it was a good Halloween. This year, it's winter. Yeah. Snow. He asked me this morning, he goes, why is snow on Halloween? That's silly. (laughs) It's more than silly, James. And I said, ask Donald Trump. Yes. It's more than silly. (laughs) And he doesn't know what that means. All right. uh, Here are your voicemails from yet another Bears loss. I'm sure these will be uh, enjoyable. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody. John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. 312 222 Go Bears! Hoggy cat, da 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 dum, John Zebeb, pa 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 pa, Joey John, to Jim, to Joe. Boys, Bob Nebraska is here heading into Slaughter Field, and you may be wondering, Bob, why are you in such a good mood? This Bears team has been bad. Well, I gotta figure it out, boys. Call our quarterback, Mitrick Gose. He's gonna be out there. His limp is gonna turn into a strut, and he's gonna go out there 100 touchdowns, bada bing, Bears W. You know, the greatest trick this offense ever pulled. Convincing the world that since exists. 
We got a Bears W today, boys. Go Bears. Juan from Carol Stream here. Really more upset with the fans. We're up at halftime. Yes, we didn't score a touchdown. The defense is playing better. Mitch looks better. People just need to sit back, watch the game, and let it play out. Joe from the Bronx. Just do me a favor. Next time when you guys are asking Nagy questions, I want to know how he can explain that out of running in the I formation with a lead blocker, you get 10 yards. The next seven running plays, he does not run with a lead blocker. And shocker, they don't get more than two yards on any of those plays. How do you justify that? It's driving me up the wall. Aaron from Indianapolis, Indiana. And uh, here's a fun stat for you. Trubisky has five touchdowns this year. So if he wants to get to where he was last year, he's going to have to average over two touchdowns over the next nine games. So we'll see what happens with that. Mike's Marlington Heights. Bears are done. I mean, absolutely disgusting. Mr. Trubisky, the poor man, Jonathan Quinn. Whatever. Go Bulls. Mike from L.A., I can't double-doink believe we missed a chip shot field goal to win. And Trubisky's phantom fumble, giving the Chargers the ball in the 26 and allowing them to score the game-winning touchdown, was crucial. That on top of some missed throws by Trubisky. He is not the long-term answer. But, man, the kicker could have bailed him out. Bear down. Hello, it is once again Igor Tarkovsky calling from Siberia. I thought for once maybe I'd be happy when I see Mitch run like angry bison to pick up first down. I think, ah, bears are pulling back. But nay, kicker doesn't kick. I can kick very well when I am defending my home from invaders, and yet these men cannot kick tiny football. What threat does football possess? None. Ridiculous. Ah, this team mean nothing to me. This is Sean from Scottsdale. Demoralized, brutalized, no solutions, no answers. Why do I even bother rooting for this team? Bill from Iowa, a little poem for my friends. The bears are toast. My heart is broken. You're the best host this side of Hoboken. Waiting for April to see how David Ross does. The Summer Olympics because I miss Bob Costas. My time is spent drinking my whiskey. Waiting for the bears to replace Mitch Trubisky. My name's Alex from Chicago. What do you think is a realistic win-loss record for the Bears now that we're almost halfway through the season? Hey, uh, it's Rex. Um, you know, Nagy just needs to tell Trubisky to unleash the dragon. And, you know, if he can't get, and, uh, you know, maybe, uh, maybe Pace needs to bring uh, someone else in, you know? Hello, darkness, my old friend. I watch Mitch TV play again. Super Bowl visions, all eyes sleeping, and the hope that was planted in my brain does not remain, because the bears are silent. Jay from Santa Claus, Indiana. Uh, y'all should tell Pace to call me. Ugh. Is that Jay Cutler at the end? Yeah, poor Bob. That was great, the bookend of the positivity Positivity from Bob Dabrowski at the beginning, and then <laughs> changing the words with Simon and Garfunkel at the end. Oh, <sighs> good stuff. So I'm rewatching that. People think it's a phantom fumble. I think he hits his elbow off the backside of Bobby Massey. Oh, yeah. So the problem on that play is that both tackles got beat. Yeah. I mean, Leno gets bull rushed. And into Trubisky, yes, which is what causes him to turn around. And when he turns around, his other tackles in his face, and he get the ball gets knocked out. I think yeah. it is a it was a right tackle butt fumble, is what it was. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Like he's got the ball. Here comes Bobby Massey. Passes Bobby Massey. Ball comes out. Yep. 
Yeah, man. Who wants to get tackled? <laughs> uh, you want some good things from that game? Yeah. There were some good throws. Well, not necessarily just with him. Leno overall had a good game. Bobby Massey did not. Massey struggled. Rashad Coward really struggled. He needs to play a bit more like he did two weeks ago than he did yesterday. Wasn't some type of reckoning coming for him, though? Just saying. Maybe. I mean, he's very inexperienced yes. in there. That's, what, that's all I'm so, But now you want to see how he bounces back. Um, defensively, this is, this is going to come up here, but Roquan Smith had a great game. Dan- don't, don't say great. No, great. Mm. Yes. Mm. Graded I, out. I, I need more. I want more. Graded out very highly. Eighth me. overall pick. He didn't even lead the team of tackles. It doesn't matter. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Because if you watch the film. Now I've watched it. Multiple times. Either 58 was eating up the block for 59 to clean up. Or 59 was eating the block for 58 to clean up. It was outstanding inside linebacker film with a couple exceptions. One being on Melvin Gordon's touchdown run, Danny Trevathan, very surprisingly, jumps completely out of his gap. It was like the old, um, what had kept happening in Mel Tucker years. Yeah, Someone complained about Roquan Smith effort on that play too as well, I believe. Um, Maybe he just wanted to get off the field because he knew he was scoring. Yeah, I don't know. I think I had a bigger problem with Eddie Jackson after that. Hey, Jackson's having way too quiet of a season, by the way. Yeah, I brought that up a couple weeks ago. Way too quiet. Still looking for his first interception. Nearly was beaten for a touchdown against the the Chargers. But go on, go on. I had this down as Roquan's best game of the season, which isn't saying much because he hasn't really been himself since Denver. But better, even better. He was better. I thought he played better than he did against Packers and Broncos earlier this year. I thought it was a great game for Roquan. Uh, I think that's a very, very important development. And Trevathan's one of the most underrated players in football. So if those two guys play like that, it makes the loss of Akeem Hicks, especially in the run defense, much easier to stomach. And that's what I saw. Like It wasn't like all the blockers were being eaten up by the D-line, but those guys were working so well together. And Danny, uh, excuse me, Khalil Mack, too. There was a bunch of plays where... I had 52, 58, and 59 down on my sheet as those three guys in tandem got the stop for like one or two yards or no gain. So very impressed by that. I think overall, I mean, we've talked about it. The offense showed signs of life. And if you just get in the end zone in those red zone opportunities, that could have been a blowout. Yeah. Should have been a blowout. So if Matt Nagy can successfully harness, you know, and get the team to focus on the good, fix the red zone problems, which really have not been an issue under him. Most of the time. There there was a stat. I don't have it in front of me, but I I did talk about it on the the pregame show with uh, Jay Hilgenberg and Jim Schwantz, David Hall, Ron Gleason, all those guys. The problem was getting into the red zone. Going into the Chargers games only 14 times all year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their success rate was pretty high, but obviously we saw that their 
just finding different ways to lose, but go on. Yes. Yeah. All right. Let me transition to the Eagles. What I saw on tape from them. Cause I have some notes from, for some earlier games. I watched against them, like against the Packers uh, and Vikings. Um, but especially this game against the bills last week, which um, I gotta be honest. I mean, wasn't that game on that game was on against the bears game. So hadn't really seen much of it until I went back and watched it, saw the score and was just like kind of dismissing the bills. This was a close game. The, this was a game that the final score was not necessarily indicative to how close it was okay. throughout the game. Um, Fletcher Cox, still a beast, obviously. So that's a big challenge this week for the offensive line. Um, Josh Allen, I think the Bears have better receivers. So, And there were still times in this game where the Eagles secondary was struggling. It wasn't like... As obvious as it's been in past games, they got away with one uh, complete busted coverage that Josh Allen didn't see. And there was, I think, another stretch where the Bills got three straight third longs on them. So, again, if Trubisky can take advantage of this Eagle secondary, which is a huge question mark on whether they're getting out and they're getting healthy. As Zach Berman told us earlier this week on our athletic Yeah, podcast. Avante Maddox is yes. coming back. I will say, um, it was in my notes from the Packer game. Uh, Avante Maddox, okay, cool, you're getting him back. Avante Maddox in that Packer game could not cover Devontae Adams. Like, was getting abused. Now, that's Devontae Adams, and he's great, but Allen Robinson is also pretty good. Yeah. So... I like where this wide receiver group is starting to show signs of life here for the Bears, and I and I still like that matchup. But it's up to the quarterback to to make those throws. He cannot miss them. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey still out there making the tough catches. I know uh, Zach Berman kind of called him a possession receiver at this point, which is kind of what he is. But if it's a fifty fifty ball, he's still catching it. Sometimes when it's the hundred percent ball, though, he drops it. It's true. So I don't know what's going on there, <laughs> um, but he's still making tough catches. Uh, let's see. The Bills, I thought in the first half were actually the better team. It was seven to three Bills. They were leading late in the second quarter, and Josh Allen fumbled on a quarterback keeper. Brandon Graham made a great play to knock the ball out. Put them gave the Eagles the ball at the twenty five yard line. They scored a touchdown before halftime. They ended up going for two actually and they went up eleven to seven. That was a huge moment in the game. But up until that point, I thought the Bills were actually the better team. And let's see what else. Buffalo missed a field goal before halftime. That hurt them too. So all the momentum going into the second half was on the Eagles side. And then I want to bring up Miles Sanders. He had a sixty plus yard touchdown run in this game. And this sixty five. Taking yeah, sixty-five yard touchdown. Taking nothing away from David Montgomery except for reality. Okay, David Montgomery, I like him a lot. I think he's going to be a good running back for the Bears. The reason Miles Sanders went in the second round and David Montgomery went in the third round is just go watch Sanders run sixty-five yard touchdown against the Bills. Watch David Montgomery's fifty-five yard run against the Chargers. One of them gets caught from behind. The yes. other doesn't. Yes. That's the difference. That kind of extra gear, breakaway speed to complete the home run is why Sanders went in the second. Montgomery didn't. They're still both good running mm-hmm. backs. 
And, it's all fair, yeah. And Montgomery has some advantages over Sanders, I think, in some you know tight yardage situations. Better contact balance, in my in my opinion, and um, you know can pick up tougher yardage. But Sanders can hit the home run. Sanders did not practice yesterday. Shoulder, right? I think so. So that's Wait, interesting. Let me pull it up. I got a bunch of stats and stuff up here. Go on. Big yeah. Um, and by the way, this was still a 17-13 game in the third quarter uh, before the Eagles were able to pull away. And I also want to point out that their offensive line, the Eagles' O-line, is not the same without Jason Peters in there, who's missed a couple games here and did not practice yesterday. Andre Dillard's been playing left tackle. That left side of the line... First round pick, is he not? Yes. That that left side of the line has been, I would actually go ahead and say, a weakness for the Eagles. Right side, still really, really strong. Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson. uh, You got Kelsey there at center still. Brandon Brooks is playing outstanding at right guard right now. So they're good on the right side. Left side, not so much. Point is, there could be some opportunities for the Bears to get after Carson Wentz in this game. The Eagles had over 200 yards rushing against the Bills. Accurate. Slightly misleading because they had a fourth quarter to lead. Yeah. No, that's fine. It's Uh, it's how you plow it away. Jordan Howard, our friend Jordan Howard, 23 23 carries in that game. But what I will say, it was the definition of when you commit to the run. How you just, over the course of a game, break them down. Weather was also an issue. It was pouring. I don't know if it's pouring, but it was raining the whole game. It was much better running conditions than throwing conditions. It was windy as hell. The kickers were struggling uh, in Buffalo for both teams. So I think that played into it too. But the results were there. They successfully ran the ball against a good Bills defense. No question. The the forecast. Look at this. They're getting off easy in Philadelphia. Friday, 52. Saturday, 56. Sunday, 51. Nothing but sun and fun in Philadelphia. So basically, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Basically the same weather... We had at Soldier Field on Sunday. Yes. Low 50s and sun. Yes. I'm not sure what the wind is going to be like, but... What, your weather app doesn't tell you the wind? It's just the iPhone <laughs> app here. You want to get detail? I'm just it's like three days alone. My weather app tells me the wind. It does tell me the wind, but this is three days away, yeah. Adam. Okay. Right now, it's coming from the south at 13 miles per hour. Okay. Should we uh, go ahead and make predictions for this game? Go ahead. Um... I actually want you to go first, but the Bears are four and a half point underdogs. Yes, they are. It's a noon game Sunday on Fox. Dick Stockton and Mark Schlereth back Ooh. for the third time this year. Ooh. Really? Is it three? It's like the Bears are either on primetime national television or Dick Stockton's called. Yes. Well, they, you would think these two um, big market teams. What was my rule last week? I'm not picking them until they start playing well. Like, my instincts told me they weren't going to beat the Chargers for whatever reason. Okay. My, my instincts are telling me otherwise this week. Not that I have a great feel for this team. Mm-hmm. Obviously not. Um, is this the first game they're not favored in all year? Uh, I, I, I believe so. I think that would be accurate. I believe so. Yeah. I'm going to go 23-20 Eagles. Okay. So the Bears cover. Um. Again, there's only been one blowout loss, ugly loss in the Matt Nagy era, and that was the Saints game a couple weeks ago. They did some good things, and obviously, as the stats show, the Eagles' defense has holes. 
It does. You can get the deep ball on them. Mm-hmm. They are not as good as everybody expected. Carson Wentz has had his ebbs and flows to the season. I think they could stop Jordan Howard. I think they could stop Miles Sanders if he plays. I just don't trust the Bears. How can you trust the Bears right now? Yeah, I mean, I don't trust them. They're just, They're just finding different ways to lose. You get into the, the, the red zone, you get into goal-to-goal situations, and you still blow it. Yeah. You put yourself to to have a 41-yard game-winning field goal, and the kicker, the coach, blow it. 23-20 Eagles. So I had this as a loss um, even when I had that crazy 13-3 and prediction. This was one of the losses. So going to Philadelphia against a team, I, I th- thought the Eagles had, you know, Super Bowl, had a Super Bowl-worthy team this year. I uh, still think they can win that division and might. And uh, I've I've had this as a loss all season. Um, looking at the matchups, it's interesting. I, I think this will be a good game. Because, it will be a good game. Be, because like you said, I mean, the and Zach Berman told us on Tuesday on our athletic episode, the games the Eagles have won this year, their impressive wins, came in Green Bay and in Buffalo when they committed to the run and they ran the ball well. Well, I was talking to Bilal Nichols yesterday, and I get this vibe in the locker room this week. They stopped the run, and they held Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon down, but they still gave up some chunk plays in that game that they're not happy about. And I know Trevathan, that 19-yard touchdown run that Melvin Gordon had, I, st- I think they're highly motivated still on defense. I- I've been impressed with their resolve, considering they're not getting much help from the offense. And I think the emergence of Roquan Smith last week was enormous because you wondered if the game against the Vikings, when they shut down the run without Akeem Hicks, was sort of just an aberration. Because without him, it hadn't looked good. But then it looked good again last week. And Roquan playing at that high level, he had his instincts back. He had his speed back. He was playing fast. I think that was huge. So... You're going to do it. I think that they stopped the Eagles. Okay. On 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 in the running game and make this more of a Carson Wentz has to th- has to throw the ball. And he may have success doing so. I want to know where Eddie Jackson's been. Like can you get an interception? Um I'd settle for a PBU. Maybe. And maybe they're just avoiding him. I mean, I'm sure that's part of it. But you're half, you're, uh, I don't think Philip Rivers avoided him when he went deep against him in the end zone. That's true. That's true. Although that count as a pass breakup, I would count. I would count it more as a drop. But okay. go on. It, yeah, I mean, it was there. So to me, this game gets decided on the other side of the ball, where the Bears may have got something going offensively. Maybe Nagy has figured out how he needs to call this game. Well, maybe he realizes he needs to put in more heavy run runs in in there. Because I wonder if, as upset as I was earlier this week, that they just abandoned the I formation. If that he had called all the plays that he had, maybe he ran out because yeah. it's not a huge part of his offense. Well, so, here's one thing that you could you could call the same play twice, three times. I know. It works. They did a Stop couple it. times. I know. You mentioned high school coaching one-on-one. That's high school coaching yeah. one. Until you stop it, I'm going to run it. Go on. So, a little bit more play action. Seems like it's something that could work against this secondary that's not so great. 
There's no reason to think the Bears are going to do all that, though. That's the problem. Like the the that's my argument. I, I, yeah, I'm yeah, with yeah. you. It, I mean, I, I just everything I laid out could happen, but there's until they do it, there's really no reason to believe it will happen. That's the problem. That being said, Bears win twenty four to twenty one. <laughs> no, twenty four twenty. Okay, twenty four twenty. All right. See, I, I I feel like the Bears can win this game. I think the Eagles are. They're not. Browns disappointing. They're not even Bears disappointing, but they're disappointing. Yeah, like people thought this would be a like a very diverse attack. You know, you know, like blowing teams away. Super Bowl contender. They're not. They're not. They got problems on both sides of the ball. I I, I don't think you're talking me completely out of it. I'm sticking with the Eagles twenty three twenty. No, I'm not trying to convince you. I'm no, just... but I I mentioned just the the feel of it. This feels like it could be a Bears win for some of the reasons you laid out. Yeah. You know, and there seems you, we play off vibes, we play off anger, stuff that we try to get reads on at Hallis Hall. It's there. It's definitely there. But I, I want to see, I, I, I want to actually see production. I, I want to see tangible evidence. I'm with you. I'm with you. And they need to show it. Yeah. And if they don't, then the prediction is going to look stupid, just like all my other predictions this year. Um, but. It's based more on I like the defensive matchup against the the Eagles stopping the run and on offense. I just keep looking back at last week, watching the tape, and it looked so much better except for getting into the end zone. Yeah, and I just go back to that hasn't really been a problem for them. So if they fix that, they should have blown. They actually should have blown out the Chargers last week. Won very very comfortably. And if they just do about half of what they didn't do last week in those tight spaces near the red zone, they're going to have a very good chance to win this game against the Eagles. So I'm sort of banking it on the offense, taking a step forward. And I think from Nagy's perspective, he's just got to be desperate at this point to, I don't care if he doesn't like it. Like you have to call the game what fits your personnel. And so I'm banking some of it on him doing that. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Should we pick some other games here? Yeah. Here's my bold prediction. Oh, so, yeah. Here, quick, quick. Gold predictions. No, David Montgomery, 30 carries. Okay, that's bold. I'm yeah. going to say 25 plus, though. Okay. Although he had 27, though, last week. So, I'm okay, 30. Wow. 30 carries. 30 carries for Montgomery. For Montgomery. Okay. 30 if, carries. Hey, if they convert some of those red zone opportunities into touchdowns, they could have a lead. Yeah. Run the ball. 30 carries. Of course, they had a lead, and they didn't run the ball in the fourth quarter the other day. Um, I'm going to say, bold prediction, Eddie Jackson gets his first interception of the season. Okay. That would help. Yeah, that would help immensely. Uh, all right, let's pick some other games. They'll try Gordon again, and he grew up just not too far from here, north across the border in Kenosha, Wisconsin. It's good. Have you ever been to Kenosha? Yes. <laughs> Northwestern has training camp there every year. Kenosha. In Kenosha. It's a it's a great place, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, there's a there's a solid Costco there. Okay, um, the Vikings head to Kansas City. The Chiefs struggle a little bit here. They don't have Patrick Mahomes. They were uh, their offense still looked pretty darn good in spurts though against the Packers. They did, they did, but. The defense is a problem. Yes, it is. And without Mahomes, can they really keep up? I thought they would cover against the Packers last week. They probably should have. They didn't. 
Anyway, noon Sunday on Fox, the Chiefs are one-point home underdog to the Vikings. The Vikings. Give me the Vikings. Going with the quarterback. Give me Kirk Cousins over Matt Moore. Yeah. Matt Moore. And, and can the Chiefs just do the right thing? I get. I feel like they, they're like they like teasing everybody. Oh, here's Mahomes. There's a picture of him running around a practice. Can you just stop? Yeah. The guy's an all-world transcendent talent. Let's be cautious with his dislocated kneecap. Right. Please. And they can come back and probably be fine the rest of the year. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know. Uh, I'm also going to take the Vikings. They they proved to me a couple weeks ago in Detroit that they, they can win on the road. And especially against Matt Moore, who's a pretty good backup to have, but he's still not Patrick Mahomes. So I, too, will will take the Vikings in this game. So take that and think about that for a little bit. All right. The Detroit Lions go to Oakland. The Raiders finally have another home game. It's been a while. It's been since September. Two and a half point home favorites the Raiders are. 305 Sunday on Fox. Tough game to pick here. Yeah, yeah. The Raiders are going to win. And I guess they can cover two and a half. It's not a crazy line, but... um. I don't know. I, I get weird feelings about the Lions again. You know, here they are being competitive. Everybody, Matthew Stafford's playing great football right now. And let's let's go trade your your, your team leader safety. You know, like just yeah, it's weird mixed messages. I, I don't know how to feel about them. Um, just when you think they're going to be better than everyone expected, because they're not bad. They've been competitive. Again, Matthew Stafford's been really good this year. I just don't. Yeah, I, I don't trust them, Raiders. I don't trust the Raiders either, though. That's kind of the problem. Uh, yeah, fifty-fifty. This is a game. We we get uh, killed by uh, by a record on these picks, but like this is the definition of a game I would never actually gamble on. No. You know what I mean? Like we're just picking it because it's an NFC North game. I don't. I would stay away from this one. Uh, I too will take the Raiders, but don't feel great about. it. By the way, you know who beat the Eagles in Philadelphia this year? The Lions. Lions yeah. So that's what I mean. That's something to think about. Uh, I too will take the Raiders. Don't love it. What question are you asking me? The Packers go to Los Angeles, play the Chargers, who just beat the Bears and fired their offensive coordinator. (laughs) Fired their offensive coordinator. Which going back and watching that game, I kind of realized why they. I mean, they should have been running the ball a lot more too. Part of why the Bears held them down was because they didn't even try. Yeah. It was sort of like the Bears the week before. Like, what are you doing? But they ended up winning the game. Uh, 325 Sunday on CBS. Chargers three and a half point home dogs here. I'll, I'll keep it simple. Packers win, but the Chargers... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I throw something out there as I rethink my original thought? Mm-hmm. Do you think a, a letdown at some point is happening for the Packers? You you keep thinking it will, and yet they did kind of go through their letdown losing to the Eagles at home. But since then, they've won four straight games. And I keep thinking the letdown's going to come, and it just doesn't. Yeah, they've had a lot of things go their way this year. And I think just this, like the Bears last year. I think this line is being tilted a little bit too far towards the Chargers because they won last week. I think the Packers win big. I like the Packers in this okay. game. Okay. Yeah. I've come along to that as well. Packers. Uh, probably not. Yeah, we probably not. <laughs> the Patriots 
go to Baltimore. This is a good game. See, like th- this one, I'll go. Go ahead. Sure. Say, say the spread. The Ravens three and a half point home dogs. Give me the Ravens. Sunday night football. All day. Baby. Really? Yes. Yes. I get that the like there's an argument against the Patriots defense because they just beat up on their own division, right? They have not played a lot of good teams. I get it. But the numbers they're still producing are ridiculous. Any metric you want, ridiculous. Talk about interceptions. I mean, what they're doing, taking the ball away, is immensely impressive. Mm -hmm. But I like some Lamar Jackson. I like what they do with their attack. I think the Bears should insert some of the Ravens' game plan into their own game plan. Make the quarterback your best playmaker. That's what they're doing. His legs are a threat, and Bill Belichick knows it. I'm not saying they're going to win, but give me the points in the Ravens. I'm a little worried that the... Okay, before they went to Seattle, I thought the Ravens were just sort of a okay team. Not great. They go to Seattle, they get a very impressive win over the Seahawks. Then they have a bye week. Now they have a huge Sunday night game at home, which you got to think that place is going to be rocking. This is going to be a fun game. I can't wait to watch it. Um... I just think the Patriots are so good. So reluctantly, again, I don't love this, but I, I just I'm gonna stick with what I think is the case with the talent level on these teams, and I'm gonna take the Patriots to even cover that the three and oh, a half on okay. the road. Yeah. Yeah. So big believers in the Pats, okay. Yeah. Big enough believers, I guess. I'd like to start by speaking directly to our friend. All right, the uh, last one here, it's just the Monday night game. There's not really any other marquee games. Um, so, unfortunately, we're picking a game with the Giants involved. The Cowboys go to New York. The Giants, seven-point home underdogs. This is your Monday night game, seven fifteen on ESPN. The Monday night games this year have been awful. Did you watch the Steelers-Dolphins game? I there? did. Oh, why? I, I like football. <laughs> I had it on. And then when I, I do my Monday night, Monday evening quarterback hour with Justin Kaufman on WGN Radio, so it was on while I was on the air here in the office. But uh, I went downstairs thinking I was going to watch the rest of the game, and then I'm just like, nah. See, I'm gonna I, go catch up on some sleep. I shouldn't even say like I watch it. I'll turn it on. Yeah, I'll like a snack. A lot of times I'll start, you know, still going through various plays of, of, of the film with the Bears, you know, a little bit thoroughly, and, and you wait for the the all twenty two to come out, but. Yeah, I can't say it was on my television. I'll say that. All right. This game will be on my television, too. Yeah, it's a little bit better. What do you got? I got... I'm taking the Cowboys. That's it. Okay. Yeah, like you said earlier, the Giants aren't good. They did keep it close against the Lions. That's fine. Everybody keeps it close against the Lions. Okay. The Lions keep it close against the Lions. Right. (laughs) All right, five point. Last two games, they they were within five of the Lions, six against the Cardinals. I just think over time, I think the Giants hang tough, but over time, the Cowboys end up covering. I don't like that the numbers right at seven because I could see them winning by exactly seven, but I'll take the Cowboys too. Yeah, I see a nice ten point win for them. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll breeze through these college games here this week. 
They're a little random. I, I'm just going to pick teams. I mean, there's no good Big Ten games here, which is obviously the stuff we know the best uh, here in Big Ten country. But uh, the uh, the cocktail party in Jacksonville, 2.30 Saturday on CBS, number eight Georgia versus number six Florida. Georgia's favored by six and a half. I'm going to say Georgia. <laughs> I'm not watching these games. I, actually, I will probably will watch I mean, this Georgia, is, Florida. This is, a, this is a good game. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Georgia. This is a good game. Um, big primetime matchup between Indiana and Northwestern. Yeah. Can't wait. Bloomington. So my travel this week is very interesting. Have fun. Uh, I'm going to take Georgia. I just think they're better. Uh, really close. To, eh. Georgia wins by 10, though. That's that's what I'm going to stick with here against Florida. I think you saw when Florida played LSU that there was a little bit of a talent gap there, yes. right? And Georgia's still towards the LSU side of things. That's yeah, yeah. one bad loss, that's it. Kendall Fuller is best when he's off and can break on the football. Got that right. All right. This one, I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I, I mocked fun, pregame, whatever you want to call it. You know, we're getting into preparing for a show I'll go what, what are you doing to me smu memphis i don't care this is the only other game between ranked teams this week Great. number number 15 smu at number 24 memphis memphis hosting college game day this week yeah all i know about memphis is that anthony miller has been sharing crazily about them like yeah. he's, he's pumped up about their success so uh, memphis this is your 6.30 Saturday night game on ABC. Can Memphis cover the six points against SMU? Yes. Uh, I'm going to take SMU. I think both teams are good. That's a lot of points. Give me SMU. Okay. How about that? Okay. Won't hold it against you. Uh, one quick note. Minnesota, you look pathetic begging for college game day to come there next week. Yeah. They're still undefeated? They're, they they are they t- they tweeted out this letter like as a it was a social media thing but they tweeted out this letter like dear college game day please come see us against Penn State here's our resume and all it did was made me realize that Minnesota's best win this season is against Illinois I don't know why they included the resume yeah that didn't help the case no no. I think it'd be cool. I look. I love Minnesota. I love the state of Minnesota. I love Minneapolis. My family's up there. I think it'd be cool for College Game Day to go there. But the way in which the Gophers are going about it, it just looks stupid. Get out of here. I don't like it. All right, uh, we'll keep it moving. Number seven, Oregon at USC. USC, a four and a half point home dog. Seven o'clock Saturday on Fox. What's your rule about home dogs and primetime games, yeah. biggest games of the year? This is where you go USC here. I find USC. All right, I'm going to take Oregon. That ball is intercepted. Power filler. I see what you did there. The only other time, Oregon's the better team. Fine. I abandoned that. Uh, I abandoned that rule when Ohio State. I forget which game it was. It wasn't Northwestern, but Ohio State had a similar situation earlier this year. And destroyed somebody. And destroyed I, Iowa, somebody. Was it Iowa, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Okay, fine. I'm taking Oregon, too. You can't switch. No, you're locking. Right, fine. You're I'm not locking. locking it in. By the way, we didn't lock up anything. Okay. Um, I'll go back and lock the Chargers. You better lock oh, I'm it sorry. Up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Packers. Lock it up. 
lock the Packers. Okay, I'll, I'll lock the Ravens. Ooh, okay. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. All right, we're going to lock up this podcast and end it right now because we got to get to House Hall. But uh, how about that? Bears. I should have locked the Bears since I think they're going to win. Yeah, it's a bold prediction. And they're getting four and a half. Maybe I'll do that. You better okay. lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Bears. Hypothetically, they beat the, the Eagles. They're going to be favored against the Lions then. They win that game. All of a sudden, that Sunday night game against the Rams is a big deal again. Yep. I'm the not NFL saying they, love that. I'm not saying they win that, but all of a sudden, you, this team gets confidence back. Yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying they're going to the playoffs because the numbers are really against them. The way the I think NFC it's like 3.9% or 4.8%, something like that. What I'm not ruling out, though, is that they maybe get something going here and yeah. are sort of back in the conversation. I, I, I'm with you. This rest of the season will still be competitive and interesting. Everybody's just totally jumping off the bandwagon. Yeah. And I just don't know. Chicago, man. Defense is still playing well. Offense showed signs of life. Quarterback needs to figure it out. No question, though. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read us at WGNRadio.com slash Bears. The Athletic. A week away from From our live show at Krolls. Be there. Should be a good time. Please rate and review the podcast. We appreciate you doing that. We'll talk to you Sunday for Philadelphia. See ya. We'll try Gordon again, and he grew up just not too far from here, north across the border in Kenosha, Wisconsin.